0: Welcome to episode 85 of the Women's Running Podcast. I'm your host, Esther Newman, and this week we're talking hormones. Well, first of all, we're talking about creepy blokes in spinning classes, swiftly followed by wordle tactics. It's all going on. At one point, we even start talking about running. Then, after a bit, I have a chat with Dr. Nikki Kay from Forth, who offer blood tests to track your hormones. This can be massively beneficial for women runners, as she explains. She talks to me about how mapping your hormones over the course of a month can benefit your general health and your training. I had a female hormone mapping test with them, and for me, it indicated what I know, that I'm firmly perimenopausal. But Dr Nikki explains how the test can diagnose perimenopause and also RED-S, which can often show up with the same symptoms. So lots of chat about menopause, hormones and owning your periods. Then it's back to Holly and me to talk about even more running annoyances with some emails we've had in from listeners. Now, we thought we were going to be ostracised by the running community, but it turns out we've hit a nerve. One last thing before we get into the episode. Over on our Instagram page, we've launched Run for Ukraine because we want to do whatever we can to support people who need it most right now. It's really simple to get involved. Just run or walk 4K. Donate £4 to the Red Cross and encourage four friends to do the same thing. Tag us, use the hashtag RunForUkraine and raise some cash. Please help. This episode is sponsored by Precision Fuel and Hydration. I love finding out more about how we can fuel ourselves better on our long runs and it's been brilliant getting to know Precision, Fuel and Hydration's scientific approach to what we should eat and drink during training and races. Their tools and products are firmly built on scientific evidence and are designed to help you personalise your hydration and fueling strategy for whatever you're training for head over to precisionfuelandhydration.com and take their free online sweat test and quick carb calculator to understand your own needs. As a listener to the podcast, you can get 15% off your first order of fueling and hydration products by using the code WR15 at the checkout at precisionfuelandhydration.com.
1: It fits on my desk. There we go. I think I'm all good for rattling noises now.
0: I'd forgotten about that. That's so cool. So cute. I wonder what the medals are going to be like at Berlin. I know.
1: Are you worried? I'm worried that they'll go you too slow. You don't get one. Oh, that's balls. That's I know. Balls. You'll never get. It'll that. be fine. I need to run today, and then I'll feel okay. Yeah. I think it's just because I haven't run yet this week because I well I went to the gym mm. which I thought would make me feel as good but it didn't it made me still feel nervous that I didn't know whether I could run or not.
0: Yeah, it it, it kind yeah. of fosters that imposter syndrome, doesn't it? Like if you do yeah. something, it's like, well, I'm
1: still not fit enough to. Yeah, yeah. My plan yeah. is to go at lunchtime today. Yeah, um, and then I think I'll feel a little bit better. I'm going spinning. I love spinning. Are you going where are you going? YMCA.
0: Nice. I've never been yeah. to spin there. Yeah, that's the one that I that I was kind of going on about a few weeks back. I I haven't been back since. Um actually I need to book it in. Um mm. but um yeah, it's the one I really like because there's not that many people in it and it was just yeah. a really joyful like, you know, totally ripped bloke taking the class but like a really, he was just really, you know, very lovely face, all kind of very open and joyful and, um Yeah. Know. And I, I do like the fact that no one else can, I, I do wonder how I would do if it was a class where the, um, where how much you put the resistance up was made public in some way. I like the fact that you can pretend to twiddle it and you're not actually twiddling it. I like
1: that. I love that too. And that you can twiddle it and they don't know whether you're going up from like 11 to 12 Mm, or whether you're going up from like two to three. They've got no idea. (laughs) I can tell you actually, I was going to mention this in the last pod. Yeah. I'm very interested to hear your thoughts on this and other people's thoughts. Mm -hmm. Went to a spin class last week and there was a creepy bloke. And (sighs) I don't know whether I was wrongfully judging this guy yeah. And maybe because he could have been being a creepy bloke or he could have been being um, very competitive. I don't quite know what it was. Yeah. But I thought while we've been talking about our various grievances recently, this is definitely <laughs> one of mine. Yeah. So it, first of all, he turned up to the spin class. I, so I went with Kara, and she told me that as soon as she saw him, she went, oh, bloody hell. He was here last week and he kept <sighs> staring at my legs. Really? And, yeah, which is odd as well, isn't it? Because, you know, I mean, legs can be extremely sexy, but it's not necessarily like a pervy stare. It was like a fixated kind of thing. right? And so she saw that he was there again and she was like, oh, bloody hell. And he was in full, um, I don't know about you, but I turn up spinning in like what I'd wear to run basically. Yeah. But he was in full lycra you know cycling one cycling of those sort of, a unit yeah. he was basically he was in a unitard i would <laughs> i would say <laughs> <laughs> and it may as well have said something harry is on it was yeah, like okay. you know like a um a a, a kind of club cycling kit yeah. or whatever yeah and um he started he he was right sort of just sort of behind me and Cara hmm. and he he started I was trying to adjust the seat on my bike and he was sort of trying to he was going yes you've got to do this and was sort of telling me how to do it which first of all rubbed me up the oh, wrong way yeah. and I was like and I, I out of pure rage and embarrassment I gave up trying to fiddle with my <gasps> seat and get oh. it in the right place because I was like shut up and I was cross um and then I noticed because it's a annoyingly that where I go t- in the um leisure center gym it's a mm. mirrored it's a sort of dance studio type thing where it's a mirrored oh wall yeah. In front of you. yeah I could see him looking at doing the same thing you've been doing to Kara to the woman that was that was behind us so who was sort of parallel to him so he was staring at her legs again and really? I don't know what it was. Maybe he was maybe he didn't know where he was looking. He was just being a bit gormless. Maybe yeah. he was being competitive. He was unbelievably like he was, wasn't really listening to the instructor. He was just speeding along. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. Um and um yeah, it was just an odd experience and I'm so sorry if he's listening and if he has a completely innocent I highly doubt he's listening and he yeah. has a very explanation for it but it was odd and it made me really uncomfortable in the class I think kicking off with being sort of mansplained to about how to fix the seat and all I could think of in my head was our conversation about the fact that the seat and seats are not really designed for women anyway so I was so tempted (laughs) to turn around and just be like oh fuck off it's so easy for you isn't it um and then countered with or sort of you know as well as him yeah. him sort of staring slightly uncomfortably at, at, at this woman and knowing he'd done the same How to Cara in the last week. Yeah, it's really odd. And I, I think it was legs. So maybe he was just watching them go around to see if he was going faster or to sort of be like judging. If he was judging the fact that I couldn't fix my seat, maybe he was judging their rotations per second or I don't know How what it was. Or maybe it odd. was a slightly creepy pervy thing. No yeah. idea, but it was really weird. And I thought Ooh, going back
0: again but with Kara, and come back with an update to see what happens next, kind of thing. Yeah, I will. I'll,
1: I'll let you know if he's there again because Ooh. I thought on Crap. one hand I shouldn't judge somebody just because they're they're really good and they're coming to the class and maybe I automatically had a bit of like, Oh bloody hell, he's in his unitard and he's going really fast. <laughs> yeah. but, um,
0: yeah. but but on the other hand I not thought long
1: no staring's not on is it and i also it was making me think back to the conversations we had with our we will campaign last mm. year around men's behavior in the gym and i just thought i'm sure he was just trying to help me mm. but he was he came across as very stern and very kind of belittling when he was telling me how to fix the seat and i i just yeah. i wanted your thoughts and anybody else who's listening's thoughts on men at the gym who at the gym. who sort of give off this air of like, it, it, it wasn't really like a weird sexual thing. It was more a weird yeah. air of like, this is my class. And it was like, no, it's not. It's this woman who's teaching mm. us and we're all just here and we've all paid a tenner. Well, it doesn't matter who's got a unitard on or not. It's strange,
0: isn't it? I, yeah. Mm. I, it's been such a long time since I've been in a gym. And one of the reasons why I, I don't go back to gyms is because of feeling as though I don't belong in some way because you, you mm-hmm. know, uh, because of kind of big muscly men kind of huffing and puffing with their free weights and, <sighs> yeah. uh, you know, that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah. And, 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 and happily the spinning class that I'm going to is so small that that isn't, something that happens
1: no.
0: i'm also very very new so i don't know how to do the seat and i don't know how to do you know i don't know how to do the adjusting thing so i felt okay to just put my hand up and go oh can you help me yeah which i, I guess you would I'd be happy have to done,
1: do i would i would yeah. I, if I, it was really a big deal i only wanted to shift it back a tiny bit and i don't think i'd done back before i usually just do up and down yeah um and I would have put my hand up and asked the instructor but it was a new instructor she was covering for the usual woman that we have mm. and we were a bit late so they were kind of the music had already started and we were kind of getting on with the class so yeah. I I didn't want to interrupt anything and it wasn't a big deal it wasn't making me uncomfortable or anything it was just I just sort of thought I'd have a tweak and see if I could get it to fit a bit better and it didn't and I carried on with the class and it was fine yeah. I think I think it's just I I don't want to say to men that they can't go to the gym and be their full selves and get, you know, get stuck into activities. And in a way I'm glad that something like spinning, which might stereotypically be something that's considered a bit more of a female activity that I'm glad that there are men that come to that class and see that as the intense workout that it really is. But I think he could have done with listening to women and maybe considering what it was like to be stared at and told in a quite stern way, this is how you do it kind of thing in a gym class that I've been going to much longer than he has.
0: Yeah.
1: Ugh, anyway, I, I, I completely know. derailed that. Sorry, we were going to talk about other things. And then I suddenly remembered I hadn't told you that story.
0: No, I, Oh, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? It's, it well, it's, it's interesting and unnerving and the, the, the behavior of, of other people down a gym kind of thing Mm. can can really kind of set really push you off track i think yeah and 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 i think um i i mean you know all that said there there could be perfectly valid reasons he could have been trying to be helpful and that's just what his face does in repose yeah maybe he's got resting bloke face resting bloke face yeah (laughs) and and it might be that because i think about when i'm in in you know the last spin class I was at, I did I was looking at other people to see how fast they were going, um, but I didn't stare outright at one person.
1: I know <laughs> it was great. it was very intense. It was just like a Maybe he's an, hugely competitive. Maybe that was a thing. That, he's... that was what I thought. Like yeah. if it had been bums or something, I'm not judging. Maybe he's a, a leg man. But <laughs> I don't want to assume anything about what was going on with him yeah. like sexually. I don't I don't I wasn't getting that vibe. I was just more getting, and that's what Kara said as well from the week that he'd stared at her, that it was more yeah. like she felt very under pressure and very watched that he was sort of trying to compete or something. And she That's was like, I'm strange. not here to do that with you. I'm just here to yeah. join the class. Would you ever do anything about it? Would you ever say anything to him or bring it up with the gym? Yeah. I mean, we did kind of say, of course, during the gym session, after he'd mansplained the seat to me, mm-hmm. I was, as I was cycling a- around, my head was just being like, all, imagining all the thing, all the li- little piffy remarks I could have made <laughs> to him. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't. I wasn't brave no. enough. Um, yeah. but we did say if we go back next time and he is still there and yeah. it happens again, then maybe we talk to the instructor. Cause again, it was funny cause it was a, it was a new instructor. Usually we have a right. woman called Emma and she's really nice and I really trust her and like yeah, her. Yeah. I didn't know the, the woman who was taking it last time. So I think if it's Emma next week and he's mm. there, then I would probably if he does it again just say do you think that's the right thing to do to talk to the, the instructor or should I talk directly to him or should I ignore it I just he's not doing oh, anything obviously wrong it's just definitely making people uncomfortable
0: if it makes you feel uncomfortable I think it's to speak to the instructor because then they can mm-hmm. talk to the gym can't they I'd say because yeah. I I would be I would be I wouldn't be brave enough to say something directly to no like, that's making me feel
1: uncomfortable no I don't think I would I, I would if if it was you know outrageously uncomfortable mm. yes but exactly I just, yeah yeah but I feel a bit funny about this because he's not said anything nasty to anybody or been he's just staring and it's making people feel weird and yeah. I don't want him to not come to the class anymore if he really likes the class I just I just don't want him to stare at people anymore because yeah. it's very strange what a fucking weirdo! Hole. Basically, that basically <laughs> that was what I came away with, and I I, I felt my stupid uh, empathy kicked in, and I was like, maybe he's just a fucking weirdo, and yes. I feel bad, but also, what a fucking weirdo! <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> anyway, that's my gripe today. Uh, yeah, we, that's we were going to talk about that later, but I kicked off
0: with a gripe. <laughs> No, I like the gripe. I could give you a gripe as well because my day has been absolutely ruined, and do you know why?
1: Why? It's only eleven sixteen as <laughs> we're recording <sighs> this.
0: Because Dave ruined my wordle. <gasps> oh, I haven't it's... done it today. What did he do? Well, in which case, I won't go into specifics. He he didn't tell me what it was. He okay. did it first because yep. he's he's hungover and not getting on with work. So there he was doing his wordle really early doors. And then he WhatsApped me that it took him a particular amount of goes, and he said something about it that made me then guess wrongly because I was like, "Oh, okay, that's interesting." Oh no! And I guessed wrongly like three times in a row when I was
1: missing one letter. I had that yesterday. Oh! Do you remember? Did you do yesterday's? Probably, yeah. What was yesterday's? Was Can't it remember. like? Was it Cater or something? I'm yes, so, it, no, is. yeah, yeah, it I was. was yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter when people are listening yeah. to this; it'll be ages ago that it was Cater. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I had exactly that. That I was like bloody. I was going later. Whatever else it was, yeah, I definitely water? had Cater and Cater. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I had water later, and then I it was oh. my final guess that I got Cater. I do oh. hate when Wordle does that because it feels very unfair because it's like I've done all it of does. my correct maths now it's just yeah. a guessing game
0: yeah there was one there was one um a couple of weeks ago where it was atch at the end atch Ooh. and I was like batch catch and it ended up being watch I think and I was just yeah. like
1: oh! <laughs> naughty because how <laughs> do you know it's just a process of elimination then yeah. not fun. but anyway, did you so, yeah. did you manage to get it I, I
0: got it I got okay. it but I got it in the last one and looking back up at it I could have got it on number three so I was furious at Dave and I haven't forgiven him and that was hours ago.
1: Yeah, don't forgive him. I think that is irritating. It's really irritating. Neither of these
0: things is talking about running, is it? Wordle and spin classes.
1: (laughs) Well, spin classes and men being a bit strange in them is definitely, I'd say, comes under the remit of what we're supposed to talk about. It does. It does. A little less so, but you never know. Mental health. (laughs) Yeah, mental health. Could be... um, what's a five letter it could be sports tomorrow today yeah yeah for all people be. know
0: yeah yeah <laughs> don't spoil word for people for god's sake <laughs> but look we, maybe we, sports we, might be my uh, next sp- sp- first, okay. yeah, first guess mm. no you always need to S's. guess no because that's six letters isn't it it's P-O-R-T. Yeah, six letters. Oh, just sport, then. Yeah, <laughs> but you don't want to do that because it's only one vowel. You always have to choose something with two vowels. What
1: do you usually start with? I generally oh, don't I love care this. if I don't care if it's not interesting to people. I find this so interesting, and please I write in <laughs> not to do with running, but please write in and tell us what your first guess is <laughs> on Wordle. I I think it tells so much about the person.
0: Oh, it does. Well, because I normally do something like chime or steam, oh uh, something like that. But mm-hmm. Dave will pick a word with three vowels in it like a tone oh that's very clever yeah and I think there's another one that I forgot what the other one is and he's, he's told me before and I'm like oh god
1: so that's boring. a very good idea I don't I've, I've not thought of doing three vowels I do I mix it up sometimes mm. I do ready oh it's quite a good one to get in there oh, so, yeah it's a good one yeah e yeah. Um, yeah sometimes I do youth if I want to try <sighs> the o and U. Yeah, and then a th sometimes it's quite useful, Doug. Every single time, beans (laughs) always beans. (laughs) (laughs) I've never seen him not do beans first, (laughs) that's really tickled me. I know know, it really tickles me every time, too. It's not funny, (laughs) but it's somehow very funny.
0: Oh, that's cheered me up after having my morning oh, good. destroyed. Good, good,
1: and tomorrow we can both we can both try beans and see. I, I'm going to try beans tomorrow.
0: <laughs> I think that might be yeah. That's that's going to be the, the way forward. The I new think. one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but weird, look, um, we're here because hmm. um, in a minute um, we've got um, a little interlude by way of my chat with Dr. Nikki, which mm-hmm. is all about um hormone mapping and running um which is which i found really really interesting because it was just because this is this was <laughs> this is my sluggish ovary um but what i what i love about this is basically she through through using this kind of kit where i i kind of did it, these little blood tests and things on on day 14 and day 21 um, um which actually if you've ever if you've ever been trying to get pregnant and have had some issues there it's just the same test it's testing for hormones um middle of the month and mm-hmm. towards the end of the month and seeing kind of rising rises and falls in things like your fsh and your lh levels which we go into in the in the podcast anyway mm-hmm. um but yeah i was having a nice chat with her and um and it's, it's really interesting because it ties into you remember the chat that we had with kate um a while back where she was talking about training to her cycle where what she does is all of her running and cardio stuff in the first half of the month and all of her strength and mobility stuff like yoga and and weights and whatever in the second half of the month she's so Um, clever so clever so clever she is um and and so like and this this could give you an opportunity to more happily map that out map out your training and stuff but also it's kind of, as we sort of talk about at the end of it, it's kind of, it's the knowledge thing. It's, it's, it's knowing where you are. It gives you such a good understanding of, of what's going on. Like, so, um, as I fess up to her, I didn't know when I ovulated and, or indeed kind of roughly what ovulation even was until I started mm. trying for a baby. Um, and I know oh, I'm probably I've got not a
1: clue. Do I 30? even ovulate? Yes. Yeah. Why? Why would you not? Know no, well, I was just thinking if I've got the coil, does it get in the way? <laughs> I do like I do ovulate, don't I? Just it doesn't. Do, I don't do anything with them.
0: Maybe you've got a big store of eggs, like a sort of like frog spawn. Yeah, that's weird. Stuff. Now I don't like it. That's creeping me out. See now, all of that stuff, I am really in the dark about. So, um luckily, Doctor Nicky, hopefully is not. No, she's definitely not. But it'd be interesting mm-hmm. for you to go. It's through it Because, like the reason why I was going through, it, I'm not on any contraception, but I am, you know, struggling through the last kind of hurrah of periods because mm-hmm. um, I'm 48 and it's kind of it, it, it. What it did was it confirmed what I suspected, but what was what I think is useful is that I did suspect that I was perimenopausal, but the symptoms of perimenopause can be confused with so many other symptoms. Mm-hmm. So my periods have been awful since i've had felix but i had felix late so i was like 41 when she was Mm -hmm. born um and ever since then i've complained about having long heavy periods now there's a good chance that the reason i was having long heavy periods is because i've been in perimenopause since i was 41 yeah um and it would have been i would have loved to have had this test seven years ago to see if that, that was actually the case um but also the, all the other symptoms of perimenopause, and I know I'm sort of hijacking this conversation because your hormones will be very, very different. No, no, but, go for it. But I think, you know, all these there's all these other symptoms like, um, like brain fog, like anxiety, depression, all mm-hmm. these lovely, glorious symptoms of perimenopause <laughs> and menopause that we have to look forward to that you don't necessarily experience, but you can. Um, and i i it, it's helpful to have the knowledge mm. that potentially some of the things that you're experiencing are to do with where you are in your cycle in your in your kind of life cycle um, as opposed to just generalized anxiety or depression or whatever because there is a chance that actually taking something like hrt might have a profound positive impact so it's, it's kind of things like that yeah. which could be and, and it used to be as she talks about in this it used to be that um taking HRT it, well it would it was never prescribed unless you were like in menopause unless you hadn't had a period for a certain number of months um but nowadays they're much happier about prescribing it before you reach that stage if you're experiencing other symptoms I don't know about the kind of mental health symptoms and whether what I've been experiencing are as a result of um a crappy couple of years like everyone else or to do perimenopause um but physically I have night sweats so that is a very classic perimenopausal symptom yeah um and I'm just my mum I saw her this weekend and I was asking about her experiences and that's if if you're fortunate enough to have a mum that's still around and you're able to mm-hmm. ask her those questions, ask her questions, because it's so genetic. So, <laughs>
1: genetic. Yeah, I um, mean, I was just, just thinking about that. I don't even know whether I've had a conversation with my mum. I don't know whether my mum is perimenopausal, is menopausal, or has gone through the menopause a mm-hmm. long time ago. I don't, I don't know whether I've really had that had that conversation with her. And it, I think it's definitely that's the thing that it. yeah. I think that's or, an important thing, isn't it? I'm going home yeah. this weekend. I'm going to corner her ask, about menopause. Ask,
0: yeah, because you <laughs> do because I think um, I mean like you're in your twenties and mm-hmm. in my twenties, I didn't know, I didn't know when and if I ovulated or what that was. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't really know when to expect my period. It just used to spring up on me whenever I least expected it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I certainly didn't give. Two shits about menopause because I was in my twenties. Yeah, but it, it, it's so often the case that women in at my stage start massively kind of um, uh, researching it and looking into things because we're just we we're, we're approaching it. We're beginning to have symptoms, mm. and it's not taught in school, partic- as far as I know.
1: Oh, as far um, as I know, I don't think so. No.
0: So you're taught about the start of things, and you're you're taught about periods, and you're talk taught about babies,
1: but you're not taught about menopause no I um, used to think the menopause was going to be amazing because I was like when I first started my period because yeah. all, all I all I knew about the menopause was that it was when it stopped yeah I was like oh I can't wait for that period yeah. stopping yeah sounds good to me yeah
0: I know right <laughs> and I thought that my periods would get shorter lighter and less and they've gone longer heavier and more yeah <laughs> so it's going to like all hang on a minute mm-hmm. <laughs> this isn't very nice. yeah. yeah so um yeah anyway um so in a sec um i'm gonna be talking to dr nikki all about hormones and how you can harness those bloody hormones and um use them to your running advantage cool i'm excited to hear <laughs> let's hear <laughs> <laughs> In case you've not noticed, we've launched ourselves onto Patreon as we need your help to keep going. Please support us at patreon.com forward slash women's running with whatever you can, and you'll get some lovely patron only perks. And some of you have already started supporting us, which is just lovely. A big shout out to the very brilliant Jodie Price and Carly Evans, who are two of our newest silver patrons oh well thank you so much for joining me on the podcast nikki it's lovely to speak to you um and i can't wait to find out more about my own results um because we've been talking about uh hormone mapping um which is practically greek to me i have no idea what's going on with any of this and i think this is uh really i I hope i'm not on my own i really hope i'm not on my own because um i 'm the sort of person that didn 't really understand what ovulation even was until I was trying to have a baby um, and i 'm forty eight now and I think I learned how to pronounce progesterone last year so um, <laughs> <laughs> speaking to someone like you um, is i 'm hoping is going to be incredibly illuminating um, so um, just for the benefit of everyone listening, can you tell me what you do? Sure well, thanks for uh, you know having the opportunity to talk
2: about. The very important subject of female hormones mm-hmm. and i don't think you should be embarrassed and you're not alone that you know um obviously i'm at an advantage because i'm a medical doctor but you know that's the point of this we need to uh give women the information to uh, to inform and empower them anyway mm-hmm. so i'm a medical doctor um and uh i've got a special interest and passion in female hormones uh well hormones in general especially female ones because they're really complicated so don't worry; they are complicated, <laughs> they are. but that's what attracts me to them because I love deciphering, uh, solving problems. <laughs> um, uh, so I'm an honorary clinical lecturer at uh, UCL in London, and I'm also the chief medical officer uh, of Fourth, which mm-hmm. uh, is a personalised uh, health reporting company using using uh, blood tests, uh, hormones, biomarkers as the foundation for helping people, you know, uncover
0: what's going on inside them yeah okay so right so so that and how does this link into runners how, how how will kind of figuring this mm-hmm. out um help runners so um
2: hormones uh are fundamental to health hormones are internal chemical messengers they go into the cells and they tell the dna what proteins to make and if you're so that's obviously very important for health right mm-hmm. but also specifically Uh, particularly for people taking exercise runners, for example, you go out and you do train because you, you hope and you expect that that will, uh, improve your performance. That's Mm -hmm. why you do it, right? Um, but how does that, what is actually happening? You go out and run and you get fitter. How does that, how does that happen? The answer is (laughs) hormones. (laughs) (laughs) The big build up is because hormones direct which proteins you make. So you go out and run, so you go for a run, or you do your exercise, whatever it is, you come back, you know, you have your meal, and you go to bed, and it's while you're asleep, especially, or while you're recovering, that you actually get fitter, because at that point, you have stimulated particular hormones that are beneficial to drive those positive adaptations uh, to exercise, the response to exercise. So there are two points here. Number one, that's why hormones are so important mm-hmm. uh, and relevant, Uh, But also to emphasize that it's when it's during recovery and sleep that you get fitter. It's not while you're actually running that you get fitter. It's a consequence of afterwards your hormones. So that's why finding out and understanding your hormones is very important for anybody Mm -hmm. from a health point of view, but particularly for exercisers, runners or whatever sport you do. You want to be doing everything you
0: can to keep your hormones happy then you will get uh, you will improve yeah and I was really interested in this because we've been talking quite a lot over the past kind of couple of years um, about adapting your training throughout Mm -hmm. the month um, uh, which I think is incredibly interesting and I still don't do it and I really should um, but also ways in which we can adapt our uh, our training um, on the approach to menopause Mm. um, which is You know, I'm 48, so I know that's kind of where I am. So it's kind of, you know, figuring out um, how or if I need to change things in any way, shape or form. So I was asked to do this test um, with fourth, which was um, it was blood tests. It was really simple Mm -hmm. blood tests. Um, Personally, I love a blood test. So I was really enjoying. I enjoy every (laughs) single. I've got this real thing where I I love going to the doctors to get blood tests. And this wasn't you do it at home. So it wasn't quite as fun um oh, but <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely <laughs> amazed that someone says they like having a blood test but
2: anyway oh, but, so, but all right the, the important thing if we could just maybe we should just pick up on a few of those things you said there so mm. first of all the time scales i thought was very interesting so there's the short the short time scale of a menstrual cycle yeah you know lunar month 28 days something like that right and then but we're talking about lifetime mm. uh time scale so we're talking about the same thing but just on a different time scale so we're talking about when you get older, from 40 onwards, the ovaries, they've been working really hard, right? But yeah. <laughs> uh, They'd start to go into retirement. So they're not going to produce the levels of oestrogen and progestin that they used to.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, so that's really what the fundamental change is. But it's very difficult because it's sort of an intermittent fault and it's a varying course. Every woman is different. We have to treat women as individuals, as the Royal College of, uh, President of the Royal College of Obstetric Gynecologists says, it's treat them as individuals, not statistics. Hooray, mm-hmm. I could totally agree. Yeah. So that was the rationale for this female hormonimatic test that you're talking about with forth. That was, uh, well, that was my rationale. It's like uh, we this has to be something better for women mm-hmm. at this stage of their life. And so that's why we worked really hard to develop this. And apart from the fact that you like a blood test, I do. <laughs> the other reason that it, blood <laughs> is much better for hormones because it is the gold standard. Yeah. I know there are other things, urine and, and saliva. You can test some selected hormones, but uh, the blood test is the gold standard and you can measure all the hormones that we're really interested in for, for the woman. Okay. So that's why we did the blood test. Uh, you, the one approach would be we get the woman to do a blood test every day of the cycle. I mean, mm. unusually you might like that, but not many women would. Yeah, I can, I'd uh, totally go that. for that.
0: Yeah,
2: so We <laughs> have developed a way of uh, uh, reducing the number. So you only have to do two blood samples, correct? Yeah. Two finger blood samples during a cycle, roughly day 14, roughly, roughly day 21. So not too onerous in no. that sense finger prick you do it at home you put it in the post easy peasy so from that point of view it's sort of straightforward yeah and then behind the scenes once the results return from the lab then the the, the magic happens and we model those hormones and so then we mm. can deliver to the woman her personalized uh what well, you've seen them uh, charts mm. and explanation this is how your hormones were varying it might be they were absolutely fine and perfect spot on no worries mm-hmm. you know everything is as we expect or uh, as happened with you, and I just to clarify, you said we don't want you don't mind talking about I your adults. Everyone knows <laughs> that I'm not speaking out of turn here. Uh, you know, it will indicate uh, we will get a clear indication actually the ovaries are looking like they are thinking about going into retirement. Yeah. Uh, and so it's so it that's the purpose of this test. Yeah. Been, the woman what's going on?
0: Uh, th- um, for me, that there was familiarity there because I'd had, um, I assume, a very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of blood tests, and it was when um, I was trying to get pregnant. you right. I was doing the day 14, day 21 sort of yeah, F- yeah, FSH, and LH. F-S-H. Yeah, so maybe yeah. we should just clarify the terminology, do you think? So, yes. Um, the, the control,
2: the poetically described conductor of the endocrine orchestra, the boss, <laughs> is located in your brain called the pituitary gland. And uh, if we're talking about menstrual cycles, the pituitary gland releases FSH and LH, which stands for follicle stimulating hormone, luteinizing hormone. So these two hormones from the pituitary gland in your brain are released and they go down to the ovaries and they instruct the ovaries when and how much of the ovarian hormones to produce. And those are the, that's the estrogen that people are familiar with. Estradiol is mm-hmm. the most active form of, estri- of estrogen and progesterone. So, we have to, to get a really good picture, you have to measure the full house. You have to measure all four. FSH, LH, and estradiol and progesterone. So we can work out the communication between yeah. the pituitary and the ovaries, right? So mm-hmm. you could just measure the ovarian hormones. You could just measure the control ones. But actually, really, to do it properly, you need to measure all four. And that's why we have to do the blood test. So yeah, I'm sure some women will have some familiarity with these names and and whatever, but I think that's a, the the way I think about it. The, the control ones, the response ones. We need to match up that you know everything is in sync. Mm-hmm. When the ovaries start becoming reluctant, then the pituitary gland gets very cross, and it will increase the levels of FSH and LH. But the ovaries won't respond in turn. They won't produce the levels of estrogen and progesterone, and ovulation may not occur, and progesterone will be low. Yeah. So that's sort of a general
0: uh idea of why do you have to measure these four hormones and that's the reason why okay all right so um can we get on to my results then um if that's okay so um yeah mine came all of this was really really simple just to kind of very very sort of swiftly talk about i mean because you're given this um you have a lovely dashboard that you can access an app um and and it was just a finger prick um blood test so it was um painless um that, yeah, there wasn't enough needles for me. Um, but you know, I'm sure that everyone else would be happy with that. Um, and and, yeah, really, really simple. And like within, I think what a day, maybe even two days or something. Um, I had all of my results after I'd taken my, my day 21 test and it all came back to me. And some of it is a bit, some of, some of it I need you to talk me through because I'm precise. I don't really understand what that means, what the impact is on, on me, but, um, the thing that was um, a surprise was that I hadn't ovulated. And then I looked back at my, or I, you know, I just sort of thought back over the previous, because I got my period like two days afterwards, I got my period on day 23. Mm-hmm. Um, and suddenly, in, in hindsight, looked back and was like, oh yeah, wasn't as cross, wasn't as upset. I clearly didn't ovulate because I, I have very, I mean, since having kids, I'm I'm so hyper aware of when I do ovulate, mm-hmm. but I just I've missed it, and I was like, oh yeah, I didn't. um So f- f- I thought that was, I thought it was amazing that this thing came back and said, this this is what's happened to you, and I was able to go, oh no no yeah that's yeah, right that's absolutely right that I clearly didn't ovulate, um and then I was able to go back. I have a kind of a fairly clunky period app. But I was able to go back to that and then have a look back over the past couple of years and see that there's been, I think, probably um, two or three months where I've not ovulated over the past three years. Um, and sometimes I, th- I, re- I remember that the last time it happened, I'd put it down to stress. Mm. Um, I think it was probably peak COVID or something. Um, and my periods sort of wobbled at that point. I had a much longer cycle mm-hmm. and then a much shorter one um but i but also fully aware that at 48 that i am you know mm. um, definitely perimenopausal right? i imagine um, yes
2: well that's that's exactly what
0: the the purpose of the
2: test is the female hormone mapping so mm. just to just to uh, round up what you said there so yeah. first of all the woman you enter some information about you yeah what's the average length of your cycle uh give us the dates of when you did the sample so we can uh, match that all up and adjust the ranges according to give you your personalized re- results report mm-hmm. uh, and as you said in your case um we give you we give every woman um, the top level is your percentage score mm-hmm. so it's just a quick easy number because everyone understands percentages you know and and even for me as a doctor reporting it just makes my job easier so at the top you will see f- form both ovarian responses metric yeah. so if you're 100 percent, obviously it's perfect nothing problem no problem mm-hmm. anything probably 70 75 percent is pretty fine but i think yours was like 58 or a bit lower. 59 59 there yeah. we go so that indicates that things aren't quite up to speed so that's the first sort of headline yeah. now there could be two reasons for this it could be that indeed you are perimenopausal and the ovaries aren't up to speed and there's a problem with the ovaries being a little bit sluggish yeah or, it could be the other way around. It could be actually uh, the control center at the top has dialed down. And this can happen in athletes, uh, reds, relative energy deficiency in sport. So I have a lot of women, masters, athletes in their 40s who come to me and say, have I got reds or have I got perimenopause? Oh. And I look at them and say, until recently, I was like, well, I don't really know because the symptoms can be very similar. Mm. Not ovulating, irregular cycles, not feeling great. But this distinguishes. So I can tell you why you got a lower score, Mm. uh, the form score, because we saw, like you said, you didn't ovulate, uh, low estrogen, low progesterone because you didn't ovulate. But I can see that the pituitary um, was producing higher high levels of fsh and lh mm-hmm. whereas if it was the red situation those would be low so yeah. i can tell you i'm afraid or, or whatever <laughs> well i can congratulate you that your <laughs> physiology is normal as we would expect <laughs> for uh, for a woman in her 40s i can congratulate you that you are normal thank you and that this is this is the normal physiological process of perimenopause where the ovaries start to go into retirement. So I congratulate you, that, you. you have, uh, that you're that you in this stage of your life <laughs> and that means now you know. And so I think what you said there about you know, you have certainty because you yes. often think, oh, maybe it was something else and you put, you know, we're women, we, we carry on. We get on with it and we mm-hmm. think, oh, well, whatever, it, not feeling so good. Maybe it was something or other, you know, um, and COVID is a – you know, that's fair enough, but actually – now you don't you feel more satisfied that you know this is why um you know there is a reason for this this is perimenopause and now you can take control of the situation and look to make changes uh to meet uh, those changes in your hormones
0: yeah a- absolutely absolutely it does and uh yeah knowledge is power i think um mm-hmm. yeah for me it's been um because i had children slightly later on so my second child was born when i was Uh, just 41 Um, and ever since then my cycles have been different um, Mm. and my periods have been longer and heavier and I initially put that down to um, something to do with childbirth and never really thought about it but now that I'm also another symptom that I have is Mm. night sweats alongside that And I just think, yeah, no, I I think it's just been, it's been a kind of, it's been a long time coming. And I know that I realise that 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 does happen, you know, it can be a very long lead up occasionally. Um, Mm, And also because I think in, you know, before I started thinking about it, I just assumed that going into menopause, that what would happen would be that my periods would get shorter and lighter. I didn't think they'd get longer and heavier. Oh no. you see, that's very interesting. Well, you
2: see, the perimenopause is very variable. So, um... Really, effectively, it's just like the ratios, the hormones get messed up. What can I say? Mm. So if you are still producing estrogen, but you're not ovulating, that will give you heavier periods, right? Because uh, yeah. okay, so you can build up the uterus lining, the endometrium, mm. right? But you're absolutely right. It can also be if your estrogen goes lower and you don't ovulate, you will get lighter periods, shorter periods. So it's a very variable feast, literally. Mm. Yeah. Uh, But I see an equal measure. I see women coming saying, like you say, short, light periods, estrogen, slow. Or I have the other women who say, come, actually, that's another symptom of menopause. Heavy, really heavy periods because Mm. there's effectively a lot of estrogen, but no ovulation. Really heavy periods so you know, it's so that's the thing about the perimenopause it's so different so that's why i use the term a change in menstrual cycle whether that's lighter whether that's heavier that's shorter anything goes right mm. but basically Ugh. it's it's a change in what's normal for you
0: yeah
2: that's really the key thing so that's the menstrual cycle bit anything that is changing for you and it yeah. can also change from one to the other as well which is also very confusing uh, but also the night sweats the sweat so what your mm. temperature regulation starts to get disrupted yeah these hormones are good things you see um <laughs> so that's obviously a very uh, significant sign yeah uh, other typical symptoms of perimenopause brain fog um mood changes i used to get like you know uh, ang- anxious uh angry Sad in equal measure, flipping from one to the other, like the four mm. seasons is it's quite disconcerting, uh, right? Yeah, uh, because these hormones have big effects and they're changing uh, all the time, and, and it's just a period of of change and flux,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, so, and that is very variable. Some for some women, you know, it can last for quite a long time. You know, can run, start at forty and maybe will only end when they reach menopause, average age fifty one. Mm. For others. It might be a slightly shorter... In fact, your story is sort of similar to mine. Mm -hmm. I had actually heavy periods. And again, looking back on it, it's like, oh. And then, lo and behold, a few years later, I did reach menopause. The periods stopped entirely. So you see what I mean? It's easy with retrospect to say, that's oh, that's what it was. But if you have the information, of the blood test at the time, now you know. And so that empowers you you to make decisions about... Do you need to change your training, nutrition, et cetera?
0: So what else What else did these tests tell me? What does it tell me about me? What does it tell me about what I have to do? So um, depending on
2: how much exercise you're taking, I will... S- so what the, the report will tell you is mm. it will give you your percentage and it will explain, I'll say this is, you know... Uh, this is fine. This is showing perimenopause. This may be showing red. So I will sort of say that mm-hmm. and the, the grasp all the individual hormones and I will explain what does this mean. Like your progesterone estradiol is low. You didn't ovulate FSH is relatively high. Uh, that looks like it's the over his arm, you know, playing ball. So we'll give the explanation of all of that. Yeah. Also, you've told us how you feel, how you feel when you do those blood tests. And so then putting then the final chunk of the report is putting all this together
1: mm-hmm. what
2: does this mean for you and it will be couched slightly differently depending on if you are an athlete or exercising or not mm-hmm. okay so if you're not an exerciser the best thing you can do around perimenopause is start exercising <laughs> right <laughs> yeah. um but on the other hand if you're an athlete uh, and uh, we've got indications that you are perimenopausal then there are some general things it's true Mm-hmm. Uh, it will be the nature of your training. You do need to start doing more strength training. Right. Um, and I know uh, my son is a cycling coach and he always nags me that I'm not doing enough strength training, mm-hmm. but it's true. Uh, but it doesn't necessarily mean you have to go to the gym and pump iron if that's not your thing. It's not mine. But it means doing strength training, even body weight strength training, resistance strength training, because now you've got to try and offset the effects of your hormones, female hormones becoming lower Mm. so you have to try and maintain that body composition you hear lots of women around perimenopause menopause saying oh i'm putting on weight so the uh to counteract that doing the strength training because that will increase your metabolic rate and of course help your running performance Mm -hmm. uh, because we have to accept you're more likely to get injured uh, as you get older so again strength strength training is is the main highlight thing Mm -hmm. but the exact amount of how much when you said personal that obviously depends on what you're doing already
1: uh, you know yeah. if you're not
2: doing any exercise then you start if you are already then just change it around like that recovery becomes more important right because you haven't got those levels of hormones to drive those adaptive changes so actually having sufficient recovery is becomes very important mm-hmm. and um in terms of nutrition again it will sort of depend on the individual if you know <clears throat> continue eating in the manner you are in a balanced way etc but In general terms for women in perimenopause, protein intake becomes important because you need to support the body composition, the muscles and the bones. And that's another aspect about the exercise in general for any woman, Mm -hmm. again, depending on what you're doing already, uh, loading the skeleton. So running is actually pretty good, loading the skeleton, although ideally changing direction is even better. So even better is doing ballet, which is what I do. But if you oh, don't really? you going to a, do a ballet class, <laughs> but you see what I mean? You could, uh, you could include that in some sort of uh, skill session for running, you know, like hopping or jumping from side to side, you see. yeah. So those are the general principles, but the exact detail of what will depend on the individual.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, where do you stand
2: on HRT? Uh, very firmly in favour. But, by the way, that's, that is my personal conviction. Mm-hmm. I'm speaking, by the way, from experience. Uh, but also it's the recommendation of the um, British Menopause Society, of which I'm a member.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and at this point I usually brandish the book uh, there. <laughs> and so the thing about HRT, absolutely, it improves your quality of life. So, you know, if you are brain fog and, and you know, anxious and all that, mm. honestly, it does help. So the quality of life right here, right now, today, will help. And also for your future long-term health, it reduces... The main killer in post-menopausal women is cardiovascular disease. It's not breast cancer, by the way. way. It's cardiovascular disease because of the low levels of estrogen. And so if you take your HRT, it reduces the risk of cardiovascular disease. And, of course, helps the bone health as well. In the longer term, I'm talking about HRT. So definitely, I think HRT, every woman should absolutely consider it and uh you know inform yourself don't take my word for it look at the british menopause society website uh, and get your inform yourself with the information there but if you look at that i think it would be very hard to deny the facts that it's really really um helpful for quality of life and long-term health and that's also the opinion of the royal college obstetrics gynecologists so um Uh, If you uh, want to use HRT, then definitely also go for the recommendations of the British Menopause Society. Mm -hmm. Use licensed regulated products available on the NHS, transdermal, estradiol, so through the skin, patch or gel. And ideally micronized progesterone comes in a soft capsule, but Mm -hmm. all the details of it. Anyway, so definitely uh, that's my I would honestly urge women, if even if you're hesitant and reluctant, Mm. get the information and, you know, don't, as I say, inform yourself. So you can make that informed decision. Do not be put off, please, by scare stories circulated in the media, which is not based on facts and evidence. Mm -hmm. Uh, And also, please don't spend a lot of money on uh, bioidenticals. Right. Mm -hmm. These are unlicensed, unregulated products. Again, don't take my word. I'm quoting direct from the British Menopause Society, who put out a warning and said that you know women should steer clear of these products because they're not licensed and regulated. So, I, i.e., you'll be given some stuff, but you're not certain of what the dose is, right? Yeah. Um, it's it's much better to use the regulated stuff, and it is possible to titrate that, personalize the dose mm-hmm. to a certain extent. All right. So, yeah. There you go. I think that was
0: pretty clear on my view on HRT. Pretty clear. It's really good to know, actually. Really good to know. Um, Yeah, and the last GP I spoke to about it was um, of exactly the same thought. Uh, And what about for um, younger women runners who aren't in perimenopause? How is this sort of test useful for them?
2: Sure. Well, the other, of course, if you're to see, just to confirm everything is fluctuating as normal. Hopefully it is. Mm Um, or it might show early indications of what we were discussing earlier red, relative energy deficiency in sport, mm-hmm. becoming more and more common in exercises. Um, and so, actually, if the periods are irregular and you're a, a female runner in your 20s or 30s, um, you know, you want to know why that is. And actually, doing this test will inform you mm-hmm. that actually everything is low in contrast to the perimenopausal situation. So then you can make uh, proactive decisions uh, from that point of view. So really, whatever your age, if you're a woman, this is, this is what you need.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, I don't even know. I think I've run out of questions. I mean, what else do, I do What else? Well, you tell me. What else do we need to be looking out for? What else do I need to, to be doing as a result of getting these results back?
2: Um, so for you personally, you mean, mm. uh, well, I'd be fascinated if you <laughs> repeat it oh, really? and then we can see, and then we can compare Yeah. what's your score. What's, has it gone up or down? And also you're logging how you're feeling and, and everything like this. Mm. And so that would be the next step to see where you are in this journey and mm. go and have a look and go and look up HRT. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it's never too soon to look it up just so you see, so just you're aware of what's going on uh, and so when the time comes Mm -hmm. then you're you're ready to go so i think that's uh so that's my main message and i think in general women you know you've got this amazing thing in your body uh female hormones doing this amazing choreography Mm -hmm. um don't get annoyed with it (laughs) work with it work with it and if you in do female hormone mapping whatever your age you're going to get some benefits from it Um, you know whether even if that's simply to confirm everything is fine or like you said it might identify your perimenopause or for the younger woman at least you'll you'll know what's going on is it okay Mm -hmm. Um, and also tie it into how you're feeling that's the other useful thing you can do it's like oh that now now makes sense that's why i'm feeling so bad in that bit of the the luteal phase because my progesterone is sky high you -hmm. know or whatever it is and then i give advice what to do how to manage that uh, phase of the cycle you see yeah so i think it would benefit uh any woman of any age
0: apart from anything just curiosity just to see what's going on right yeah yeah and i'm and, and it's that it's the knowledge thing isn't it i think yes um it's so often that women i think get themselves firmly into perimenopause and then start researching menopause and perimenopause but that but you know, we we're not doing it in our thirties and our twenties. We're not looking. We're not kind of thinking, right? Yes, exactly. How am thinking I going to push ahead. it? Yeah, you also
2: then you can see what your if you are in your twenties, your thirties, then you can see what is what's normal for you. Mm. So then you also will have a comparator. You will have that's what my hormones look like now, and that's what they're looking now later on in life.
0: So then yes. again, it gives you your own personal uh, log. Yeah. See? Yeah. And I wish I wish I'd had that. I mm. wish I had that because like I say, like since having kids, it's been kind of all over the place and probably mm. kind of early perimenopause at, at that point. And I and it's only looking back and, and speaking to friends of a of a similar age. They've talked about, you know, having a hot flush, but not identifying it as such. Yeah. You know, kind of. Exactly. Going, oh, yeah. A couple of years ago, this thing happened and I thought I had low blood sh- sugar or something.
2: Yeah, exactly. You, okay. you, well, even I did that myself. Like I said, I had some very heavy periods and I was just like, oh, well, whatever. Mm. But then it's like, oh, of course, now uh, being aware of that and mm. making note of that and making
0: sense to it. That's the main thing, isn't it? Yeah, making sense to it. God, there's so much for women to have to make sense of. It's
2: <laughs> Yeah, but it's fun. But you should be like me. It's, it's fascinating. You know, great. You have to embrace all the stages of your life, whatever, and... and you know find out about yourself and you'll find it more satisfying uh, to know to know these things about yourself right because the person that yeah. knows your body best is you so you know
0: <laughs> That's, it, it is true and if if you can see all of that happening and you can see it um within yes. the constraints of a very neat pie chart it does it does it's lovely it's, yes. it's satisfying right it's very satisfying <laughs> yeah yeah welcome yeah. back Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> From my fascinating period hormone <sighs> chat. Um <laughs> and yeah, um and just to kind of reiterate, yeah, knowledge is power and mm-hmm. I know I'm a bit weird because I like to have an injection and I'm one of maybe seventeen people in the entire world that enjoy it. Um <laughs> That's probably something really strange and vampiric, isn't it? Yeah, you
1: are a pincushion. Yeah,
0: I love (laughs) it. That said, (laughs) if I see blood on anyone else, it just goes straight to my solar plexus and I can't bear it. Really? (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, I'm a bit weird. And I think because I loved programs like sort of Grey's Anatomy and stuff when I was younger. I do. I I would like, I go, go on, open that. Open that chest up a little bit more oh and let we have God, a good old look. Oh, I love
0: no, it. Mate. Horrible. <laughs> horrible. Watching fictionalised caesareans, I think, is probably the point at which I need to go and dive behind a sofa. It's just <gasps> have awful. Have you
1: seen um, This Is Going To Hurt? Yes. Did, lots did that give and lots it to of <laughs> you? Yeah, I think that Doug went extremely white. <laughs> <laughs> but I quite love I quite love watching that apart from obviously of course the numerous sad bits in that there were lots of sad bits I thought it was absolutely brilliant I I loved it I heard that well I don't know maybe it's a classic where the. The, the Guardian have stuck out a one-star review today and then tomorrow they'll give it five stars again. That but does sometimes happen, yeah. happen. I did see a negative review of it and I was a bit disappointed and I was like, oh, maybe I won't watch it because I love the book. But no, I'm so was, glad I watched it. It, no, it, was, it was so wonderful. good.
0: There was that one, there was one uh, sector of society that were essentially um, complaining that it objectified women uh, in childbirth or something like that. What? Um, <clears throat> Um, but it was absolute balls because that was a review, as many can be. It was a review based on the first episode. And it was like, oh, God, you've got to watch it
1: all the way through. Yeah.
0: What happened in the
1: first episode? Uh, well, that well, made, what was first, objectifying?
0: i objectifying? Well, I think it was... <sighs> You know, in the first episode, they're just introducing the concept of where he works and what he does. Yeah, and so Anna, come on, of- it's
1: funny and it, yeah. you've got to laugh when you're having your smear test.
0: But it's not the, it's not the, <laughs> what I I hate about that was it fundamentally didn't understand the, the reason, the really, really important kind of message behind that which was was the sort of brutal underfunding of the nhs and how
1: overworked junior doctors are much more important Watch the whole bloody thing yeah Yeah. watch the whole bloody thing from episode one yeah there's some upset coming your way yeah exactly and ben wishaw is a god i love him i love ben wishaw i love him like i really love him i love him more than you you yeah more than you love me or more than I love him <laughs> more than you love Ben Wishaw I can possibly love him more than I love you. <laughs> Thank you. I was a bit sad then. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm coming for Ben Wishaw. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we talk about talk this about. endless um, oh, topic, topic that doesn't yes. ever end, and we're very happy about it?
0: Oh, the running annoyances! Like it turns out, we have really hit a groove here. It's hilarious. So many of you are annoyed by so much stuff, and it really makes laugh
1: and relate.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, (laughs) And I was still laughing because I was re-listening to um, our last podcast, which was about um, some running. I had some running annoyances in there, and I was still laughing about the park run clapping this morning. So um... yeah,
1: we did do, do a lot of laughing about that.
0: That's so funny so funny and and it was also because it hit a nerve because it wasn't something that I realized that annoyed me no and now it it's was been perfect. mentioned it was like yes yes that is really really annoying
1: <laughs> but it's quite um, nice to be annoyed sometimes to a point that like something, something like that like it that. doesn't have a huge bearing over my life but it kind of spurs me on to just get a bit annoyed do you find yeah. that I yeah. like being cross. Cara said that to me yesterday because we mm. are doing some training at the moment and I'm not afraid to say on the podcast that we have not been enjoying it. And <laughs> um, and Cara said to me yesterday, she was like, I'm actually quite disappointed that it's that it's finishing because it's really been keeping me going, getting so annoyed about it. <laughs> and I, I have to agree. Sometimes getting really irritated about something is great.
0: Oh you're doing it's workplace training isn't it? Yes. Yes. Um it's
1: workplace training. It's not it's not um not, running, not running training. training. That, yeah. that would be Yeah. I don't think I'd be getting nearly so irritated if I was being asked to run for 8 hours a day.
0: Yeah, no, I think um <laughs> a, a focus for for your anger and yeah, I absolutely thoroughly agree. I yeah. I think I would be a lesser person and also a less happy person if I didn't have as many people to be really, really annoyed by. But mm-hmm. the only way that works is if I have also, I, that needs to be balanced by having someone who's on your side so that yeah. you can both slag yeah, yeah, off yeah. that other because thing. there's person. nothing worse
1: than going full throttle. Isn't it the most annoying thing when park runners come back and they do a 5K and yeah. you turning around and going, no, I quite, I quite oh, like I love that. that.
0: I love that. It's yeah. awful.
1: <laughs> I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm literally, I'm stumped then. <laughs> I don't know what to say when that happens. Oh, no. oh, oh dear! Oh, sorry. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> no, it just must just must just be me. Oh, <gasps> oh God, that's the worst. Yeah, that is yeah. the
0: absolute worst. That has happened to me quite when I've misread the room quite significantly. That happens yeah,
1: quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, me too. I think good yeah. formula for it is someone you know is going to be on your side in <laughs> yeah. advance. Yeah, something it- very frivolous that doesn't really matter. Yeah. Like, I don't know, somebody doing something slightly irritating while you're driving around in a car or all, all of yeah. the, yeah. all of the examples of the running stuff that we've had, they're all things yeah. that are not life and death, but it's funny that they're so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I <know.
0: laughs> Did I ever tell you about that? I remember having a conversation with a, this is a um an, an old friend of mine who is entirely unable to read a room and every time I've had conversations you know like if you're if you're sat with someone Mm. and um and they start slagging off their partner and and a way in which you join in that conversation is to say oh that sounds really annoying my partner also does annoying things they're not the same as those annoying things but they are differently annoying things (laughs) I've got (laughs) there's someone I know where I've gone oh god you know Dave has wound me up by doing ABC. Uh, I mean, he literally would wind me up by doing ABC. Um, but yeah, Dave's wound me up by doing this. And the response that I got from her was, oh, really? That sounds awful. My husband's amazing.
1: Oh, shut up. Oh, my God. Do you not know how to play the game? This is what we do in Britain. We say yeah. Things that annoy us and then you go, Oh, how awful. Yeah, here's something that annoys me and it's even worse exactly. than your thing. Yeah. That's the game. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I like that
0: game. It's my yeah. favourite thing. So Me um, too. So, <laughs> so speaking of
1: annoyances, okay. um, do you want to take uh do you want to do Michelle's? I'll do Michelle's. Do you <laughs> want to start or shall I? We we These are two more that we received and we're like, we have to keep this conversation going because once again, <laughs> yes. it's it's affirmed our annoyances further.
0: Yeah, it ha- well, I tell you what, well, um, I can do Michelle's if you do okay. Imani's, yeah, because okay. Michelle, I'll just, I'll cut it down because it's quite long, which is fair enough because when you're annoyed, you need to write at length, okay? <laughs> and that's all um, part of it. <laughs> yeah. But this ends with a with a question, so I thought that was quite interesting. So hers hers um, anyway, it's dogs. Once again, <laughs> um, sorry, dogs. Again. Yeah, close your sorry. ears. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> um, so, but she was talking about a specific example of um, she was running towards a dog walker uh and she said and she must know dogs quite well because she says so i was running towards a dog walker with their lab who was already looking like he she was standing on guard i don't even know what that means
1: oh god no i don't think i do on (laughs) guard fencing um i then (laughs) ears sticking up sort of hackles raised
0: a bit sort of vibes yeah Yeah, those things um yeah so she says she, she slowed down to walk past and said sorry very very very, very British. Mm -hmm. Um, But as she passed, the dog growled, barked and jumped, which made me nearly crack my pants. I then carried on walking as the owner called her dog. Then after a few steps, I started into a gentle jog, only to find that the dog chased after me again, barking madly. Um, So she apologised and was then cross with herself the whole evening because there was no word of apology back. Um, so and she was we,
1: not the one who needs to apologize
0: in this no. situation. She was wondering why she apologised twice. She says, um, I'd be keen to know what you would do in this situation. Most dog walkers are really responsible and lovely. I notice they call their dog to heel or put them back on a lead when they see me approaching, and I'll always acknowledge this. But this person really took the biscuit. Would you have words with the owner in brackets? I hate mm. confrontation, me too. And or so has I'm Mich- them- I'm such a Michelle. Or have yeah, I am a Michelle? Sure. Yeah. Or have stern words with the dog, at risk of being shredded by dog owner or both. Oh my god, owner or dog? I mean, it would have you'd have to say something to the owner, wouldn't you? But yeah, I be don't too to say something
1: to the dog because I would be nervous that I wouldn't know how the dog would react. As she's kind of yeah. said, I guess you yeah. could risk. It's unlikely, I suppose, if it's a pet lab that it's going to be a a vicious dog, but you never know, and it's a bit scary yeah. the idea of. of turning around and, and telling a dog off and actually the dog suddenly, I don't know, attacking your legs or whatever nasty uh, dogs do. That be
0: terrifying, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, so I th- I think I probably also, I think I'd, unfortunately, oh I, unfortunately, I am with Michelle that I would probably have apologised profusely and run away. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we should, any of us should be doing that because we're not no. in the wrong in this situation.
0: I know, but I think in that in that situation, it's kind of, that's a really irresponsible dog owner, and and labs are not small dogs. Mm. And I, I, I think that's really unfair if if that dog owner has allowed that dog to kind of a- aggressively follow someone mm. and and not called it back or yeah, that's or really bad. Called it back and and to not then shout sorry for the behaviour yeah. of the dog, I think is really really shit. Yeah. And I personally, I, I mean, I am, and here's the number of it. I don't like big dogs because I was once flawed, like physically flawed by a big oh my dog God. In, as a friendly, it was a friendly. Oh, you're amazing. I don't realize you're two foot high. Cause I was little oh. um, and I, I, all I can see when I see those big dogs, I just see like a big dumb animal That doesn't really know if a person is its, well, they are. It doesn't really know if a person is its kind of like pack leader because they're not being trained properly and doesn't know that small children aren't like puppies or enemies or, and I think, you know, they've got all these teeth. (laughs) It's just like. Fair enough. Yeah. I I want to hear dog owners being responsible and saying, and, and apologising for yeah. behaviour. At the I end of the same. day,
1: I think exactly what you've just said is what dog owners need to bear in mind is that I love dogs and I would happily have a dog come up to me and say hello. But that mm. really is not how everybody feels, particularly small children, people with small children, when you feel a bit vulnerable in the situation. Yeah, and yeah. dog owners cannot assume that everybody is as excited to see their lovely German Shepherd as they are. Yeah. And exactly in this instance, they may not have thought that the lab was was being threatening or frightening they they might have thought this is what he always does we don't know that and it's frightening yeah yeah
0: they they might be thinking oh
1: he's woofing because he's playing and it's
0: like yeah for us yeah how do we know how do we know that yeah how do we know
1: he's woofing because he's playing or woofing mm -hmm. because he's going oh what a lovely bit of lovely bacon human
0: yeah exactly (laughs) exactly
1: right you go go one do do Imani's okay I'm gonna do Imani's one which is similar but it's less about I think Michelle's of of course was a bit more about how she responded and she was cross with herself and I feel Mm. for her because I think I probably would have done the same and been cross with myself Mm. and don't be cross with yourself, Michelle, because it, mm-hmm. they should have apologised. They should have, yeah. Um, so, Amani uh, is a long-time listener, which is lovely uh, to hear anyway. Nice. Hello. Um, uh, hello. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so her running bugbear, she said hers as well is dog walkers. So, two types of them she's talked about here. Ones mm. who let their dogs run up and jump at you when you're running, as you've just yes. mentioned, and yes. get yes. affronted when you look across at having to yes. hurdle out of the way.
0: Yes! It's that oh assumption that everybody's
1: super excited to see your huge, great dog, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And those who walk with dogs, um with, sorry, with loads of dogs on leads and take up the entire pathways in parks, yeah. forcing you to <laughs> run through the mud. Yeah. And it's caused her to fall over more than once, which is <gasps> horrible. <sighs> that is um, horrible. girl love dogs. But find their owners very irritating sometimes. Completely agree with Imani. We there. agree, and I don't know why that the idea of somebody with eighteen dogs—it oh, um, it, yeah? really <laughs> makes me laugh. But it's so, it's so annoying. It's so annoying. Okay, can I?
0: And I think it's probably worth pointing out: it's not that we've had two emails about dogs, and we've got eighteen. pro-dog emails that are telling us off for slagging off dogs
1: so far we have had no one comment out in support of dogs in this situation but
0: I mean do please do please support dogs because we have been very anti-dog recently which is not fair but to
1: reiterate I do love dogs Esther loves cats
0: And to be fair, no one takes their cat for a walk, do they? Because if they did, they'd be be shocking, wouldn't they? Yeah. Or if somebody (laughs) was
1: walking around with twenty cats on leads, (laughs) that
0: would be absolutely (laughs) amazing. But the way in which cats do figure (laughs) of eights around your feet would mean that they would be a far worse hazard than a dog. Probably. Probably. Yeah.
1: Very true. But you're right. People don't take their dogs their cats out for walks do they so no. we don't get we don't get the same it's not a fair trade it off. isn't
0: isn't fair it's that really we can't can. say dogs are rubbish but gerbils are okay we can't say that can we because i've yet to see a gerbil on a lead uh, being annoying
1: and barking yeah. at me when i'm trying to <laughs> run <laughs> bloody barking gerbils interestingly amani <laughs> yes. did mention that she lives in london so yeah I, I'm interested as to whether city dog owners mm. might be more irritating because w- we have the same thing well when we if we run in town for running on a canal path or something like yeah. a bath, that is when i that's the only time I do come across really irritating dog owners whenever I' run in the countryside i don't I don't think I've had that problem first of all, I suppose you're less likely to come across other people, but second yeah. of all I think I think there's more space those dogs more are maybe. Space. Yeah, yeah maybe it's just that there's more space it's just it's confined being confined to a
0: pathway, isn't it yeah um, and and a popular walking pathway which has yeah. to be shared by all sorts of different users um yeah and and what I, it also you know along with that is the kind of inherent disregard for the classic British way of showing annoyance, which is a small frown yeah okay. and a stare. Yeah. Occasionally. And sometimes a muttered word that yeah. is slightly inaudible. Yeah. So but it's you like
1: you can you can, yeah, can imagine. Yeah, that
0: fuck's <laughs> <laughs> sake, that that noise. And I think at that point you should be you should your your British antennae mm. antennae and ante- those things mm-hmm. should be up and out and you should hear that inaudible fuck's sake. Yeah, and, and you should, should go, sorry, that, that tiny frown line, and yeah, and apologize for your dog. Agreed. Getting Agreed. or gerbil, or
1: yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I was going to say, actually, I, I suddenly remembered this from my run on Sunday. Mm. Um, my you know, my big beef was that nobody uh, is people who don't smile back at me. Which is awful. <laughs> I feel really guilty about that. But, Crowd you know, are Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I I'm, I'm I'm at least I'm going to therapy about it. But I don't like it when people oh. don't smile back at me. And I did notice on my Sunday run that mm-hmm. um a lot of people were lovely and smiley. And I felt oh. a bit guilty for having the rant because actually the majority of people I encountered on my long run on Sunday were very smiley and lovely, so
0: Oh, and actually, as a result of that, I did try and smile more, even though it takes me slightly out of my comfort zone.
1: Oh, did you? Yeah. I mean, uh, on one hand, as women, we should never feel like we have to smile because people want us to smile. But also... Cheer up, love. Cheer up and (laughs) stop being such a bitch. (laughs) 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 Completely joking. That was a total (laughs) joke. (laughs) Promise.
0: Thank you for listening do please email us at wrpodcast at anthem.co.uk with any questions or running stories, as we'd love to include them in a future podcast. This podcast was recorded over Zencaster. The editor and composer was David Newman. Please hit like and subscribe. That way you won't miss the next episode. For just £2 a month, you can become one of our first supporters on Patreon. For the price of a coffee, you'll have our undying adoration and a couple of exclusive perks too. Please go to patreon.com forward slash women's running and join our gang. Happy running. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row?